I wasn't running the business properly. I wasn't priced properly. I was just selling, 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 installing and collecting, which 99% of contractors, that's all we're good at. Like we're not educated. We're not, you know, we, we're not financial advisors. We're not tech savvy. Like all we know how to do is sell this box, install this box and collect the money for that box. You're listening to Toolbox for the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders, their best tips and tricks of the trades, learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition, and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to Toolbox for the Trades. If you are a longtime listener, you will definitely recognize today's guest, Ishmael Valdez, the CEO of NextGen. Ishmael joins me for what I think is a very cool and very different episode of Toolbox for the Trades. We're going to talk about the day that Ishmael almost quit. Now, for those of you who know Ishmael, know that he is running a almost $100 million company in Southern California that just sold to the Wrench Group. Believe it or not, in 2019, he was getting ready to shut his doors. So we talk a little bit about that and how Ishmael got through this really difficult time. The day he almost threw in the towel and said sayonara to the trades as a whole. This conversation is an awesome one, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Ishmael Valdez, welcome back to Toolbox for the Trades. Has it been two years already? No, it hasn't. It's been a year, right? Uh, it's been two years. No, it's been two it's years. It's been about yes, two and a half years. years, Ishmael. No more. It has been two and a half years, my friend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I should have done this a couple more times, and I should have given more back to you, to the trades. Team. Dude, you give back to the trades all the time. I'm so excited to talk to you for this episode. This is a new concept that I'm working about, I'm working with for our listeners, and it was inspired by another listener. It's about the day I almost quit. So you are, whether you want to admit it or not, a figurehead in the industry of complete success, running your like the best, most successful business you can next gen. I want to hear about the day you almost quit. The day I almost quit, dude, the day I almost quit, Tom Howard can save my life. Anybody that knows Tom Howard, you did. Tom Howard obviously works at ServiceSign. He's got 152 companies. He he has technology companies, plumbing business. He's got everything. So the day I almost quit was right before Tom Howard showed up to my shop, man. I, I should probably start with the backstory of that. I wasn't using ServiceSign properly. And I was kind of gaming the system on how to how to use Service Titan. I thought it was a dispatching software from day one. So we never used the accounting, the invoicing, the paper list, like all the features that it has. We were never using it properly. And, and then Service Titan found out. They called me up and they just said, hey, you know, you, we need you to use it properly. We need you to, you know, track your technicians, all that. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. There's no way. Da, 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 da. It's just a dispatching software. And, and Ara called me up, and, th and this is honest to God. Ara called me up and said, hey, Ishmael, I, I really need you to use it properly. I need, I need to start charging for it properly. And I'm like, look, man, if you can show me why this software is worth every penny that it's worth, no problem. I'll pay whatever price you guys want me to. Whatever the price was for the users at the time, I'm like, I don't care about that. But right now, I think that it's a freaking dispatching software. 
all, all we're doing, all we're doing is dispatching technicians from him. That's all we're doing. And he's like, look, man, I'm going to send this guy named Tom Howard. You know, he's a contractor like yourself. He's been using service time for a while. And, and, and I believe he can help you a lot. And holy crap, Jackie, like I, like I would never, ever, ever have like the enough words to think like what Tom did. Tom literally came in the business right when I was about to like call it quits. Cause that day, I still remember it was like November-ish of 2019. It was pre-COVID and, and he came in there and he was just supposed to show me how to use service time properly. Tom is the Elon Musk of heating, air conditioning, plumbing of the trades. So he comes in and he just analyzes the business. And, you know, I'm literally a month away from drying up in cash flow. I wasn't mm -hmm. running the business properly. I wasn't priced properly. I wasn't running service time properly. I was just selling, 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 installing and collecting, which 99% of contractors, that's all we're good at. Like we're not educated. We're not, you know, we, we're not financial advisors. We're not tech savvy. Like all we know how to do is sell this box, install this box and collect the money for that box. Mm -hmm. Tom gets in there and just starts analyzing the business and, and, and sits down with me and, and says, Hey man, you know, I know I'm here to show you service time, but you have any other questions that, you know, I could help you with. And I'm like, yeah, like, dude, I feel like the money in the bank is not matching to what like we're supposed to be doing. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, dude, like I have a little bit of money in the bank, but we're doing 32, $31 million in revenue. Shouldn't I have like a shit ton of money in the bank? And he's like, well, show me your PLs. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> dude, that day he like, what do you mean? I was like, I have some paper, like, so, like some financials, but I don't know if they're accurate or whatever. You know, we've been trying to do what we can with what we got kind of thing. Right. He's like, holy shit, Ishmael. You are running a $30 million business employing, I think at the time, like 200 people and you don't know your numbers. And I'm like, no, man, nobody's ever fucking taking the time to say, hey, this is, you know, this is what a business looks like. I hadn't been in the business for that long. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just selling and installing. Like I said, I think it was like 30, 30 days, maybe three weeks, almost a month. He was there. And I still remember to this day, like, I, you know, I had a little shop in, in, in the west side of Anaheim. Dude, Jackie, we were in there every fucking day working on the business. He was like, dude, you got way too many CSRs. You got way too much overhead. You got, you're spending your marketing. Your marketing, you're not tra tracking it properly. You can track all this on service time. And I'm like, nobody's ever told us this, okay? <laughs> so long story short, you know, he starts tracking the marketing properly. He starts, you know, um, going from invoices that we were writing to consumers, picking up checks and doing paper invoices to doing everything on the tablet. He's like, dude, you need to order tablets. You need to order phones. You need to order all this so we can automate all this. And, and then after we did all that, he, you know, he started educating me on financials. And that's when it went from, holy, f like, I'm about to call everybody and tell them, like, I don't know what the f I'm doing. I'm stressed out. I was drinking at the time. Dude, I grew next year in the first three years. I was drunk most of the time. I was an alcoholic. Mm. I was so careless about everything because I thought that everything was just going to work itself out. And, you know, finally that year I was about to call it quits and Aura made that call and, you know, they sent Tom and we, and we turned it around in 30, 45 days. We went from not making profit, Jackie, to like, holy shit, this is a badass business, right? That's the day I almost called it quits. <laughs> well, I'm so happy you said that. I don't know if you remember this, but after Tom went to your shop and did that 
whole 30, 45 day thing, he actually brought you to the service Titan offices and you spoke at our all hands and yes. you were like, I was using the business, the software wrong. Tom totally yes. showed me what it is. And now I see yes. so much value in this. And afterwards we met for the first time. Cause I was like, hi, yes, I'm Jackie. I've seen you on Facebook quite a bit. We should get to know each other. I still remember that. Honestly, I, I remember that aura came out and he was wearing some Jordan shoes that I have given him. Uh, no, some LeBron James shoes that I have given him. So I remember that day, man. That, that was probably, uh, that was a really dope day too. This is what I want to use these types of episodes to talk about, right? I love that you said, nobody told me what to do because I feel like there's so many of us. And by the way, you and I are very close in age. And the fact that you run an almost $100 million business just makes me <laughs> faint whenever, whenever you tell that. But like, we're the lucky. same generation, right? And like, I totally get that. That like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Nobody told me I was supposed to do this. Oh, and then oh. I'm just so happy that Tom was able to come in and pick you up and help you through that. But like, tell me a little bit about before that moment when Tom came in, like, what were you feeling? Like, were you sharing with anyone in your family, your friends, no. your coworkers, no. or you, you just all bottling that inside? That was so, so look, our generation, right? Our generation was like, especially Hispanic, you know, young male Hispanic. My dad always taught me to man the f up and whatever you did, you're going to pay for everything, right? So I kept yeah. everything inside for three years. I ran that company from, we went from zero to 30 something mil for three, three and a half years. I ran that company and nobody ever knew if I had enough money for payroll. Nobody ever knew if I, you know, if I, if I was going to make, if I was hitting my goals or, you know, nobody knew anything about the company. It was just me by myself. It was, if I had a bad month, nobody knew. When I stepped in that door, if I stepped out of my office, right? Cause I was always in my office trying to like fix things, trying to, you know, figure out what was wrong with the business all by myself with no guidance. As soon as I stepped out of the office, I could have been like stressing out, calling the bank for more money, whatever the case was going on inside of that office. As soon as I walked out that door, it was a smile for everybody. And it was like, hey, man, you know, no, in my mind, I couldn't justify me having a bad mood or me treating people a different way because my dad taught me from a young age that I have to respect people. And I got to make sure that when things aren't going right in life, it's my fault. Right. And if yeah. I want to fix it, it's going to be me. Wherever I walked in, it was, hey, good morning. Hey, guys, how is everything going? Hey, go kick ass today. Hey, you got three leads. Like, it was that guy. So to everybody outside the world on Facebook, everywhere, oh, Ishmael's killing it. Ishmael's doing fine. Ishmael's amazing, right? And that's, but that's the way I was raised since I was, since I was young. Yeah, I totally relate to that. And I know a lot of people relate to that too, especially in the Hispanic community, as you said. I can just imagine how much that must have sucked. Just so isolating, not being able to share that stress with anyone. Dude, it's it's one of the toughest things I've had to go through between between, you know, being being an alcoholic and having a bad business and trying to figure everything out yourself. Like that was probably one of the most stressful points in my life. And that's why I made it a point now, you know, now, now I push sobriety. Now I I'm on Facebook helping people. Now I'm flying to Vegas, flying to Texas, to Arizona, to all these conventions on my own dime, which I don't need to, like I sold the company four or five months ago and I don't need to do anything anymore. Right. And I still make it a priority to, if somebody invites me to a, to a convention or anything, that is bottling up everything because they're too prideful of coming up and saying, hey, man, I really don't know what I'm doing. Can anybody help me here? And if I could grab one of those people and answer one of their questions, like I, it just makes it it makes the journey a little bit better for me. I love that. So you're sober now. 
I've been sober for four years now. Yes. Congratulations. That Thank is you. an incredible achievement. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Seriously. I know how hard that is, oh, man. I wish I could give you a hug right now, but we're virtual. <laughs> I, I'm giving you a virtual <laughs> hug. Yeah. Four years of being sober and two years of not, no, three years of not smoking cigarettes, which was tougher than being sober. Like the cigarettes is the devil, man. I love cigarettes up to this point, but I still haven't three years. I've been, you know, I haven't smoked one cigarette. So I've been, that's more proud of uh, than, than the sobriety one. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. All right. So going back to the fact that you're going to conferences on your own dime, trying to get in the face of contractors who are growing so you can help them out the way Tom helped you out. What would you say to any contractors right now who are thinking of giving up on their business? Dude, I'm telling you, like, if I could, I've been in your shoes, number one, I bit like, uh, you know, this isn't a, f-ing, uh, a, a business expert trying to come in here and fix your shit because like, I just don't believe in that. Like, if I can give you guys one message, like open up to people, like there's a ton of good people in the trades. Like, um, there's a ton of Tom Howards out there that are willing to drop everything that, that they're doing. There's a ton of Aras out there. There's a ton of Ishmael's, Tommy's, Travis's. There's a ton of us out there that are pushing sobriety, that are pushing God, that are pushing innovation, that are pushing help for nothing in return. Like that's the dopest part of like what, if I could say one thing that I'm really proud of that I've done in the trades is I have a group, like an amazing group of people, which includes Tommy, Aaron Gaynor, Chad Peterman, you know, Tom Howard, Travis, like all these big names in the industry. We are all friends and our number one job, our number one goal, everybody, we have, I have this on a group message. Our number one goal is to go out there and help the people because, dude, Jackie, there is millions, okay, millions of contractors that are out there that are in my situation that I was in 2019, and they don't want to ask for help because they're embarrassed because they don't know where to ask for help. You know, I feel like it's like an addiction, like like an alcohol addiction, right? You don't know how bad it is until you're like, holy shit, I have a DUI. Holy shit, I'm in jail. Holy shit, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, guys, if I could say one thing, open up to people, go online on Service Avengers and and ask a question or go to one of these conferences and and stop by, stop me or stop one of these guys and say, hey, man, you know, this is my business. I've been doing it for 15 years, 10 years, and I need help. And I promise you, I promise you, God as my witness, somebody will help you. Somebody in the trades will help you. That's how dope the trades are. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the point that you're making as well, Service Avengers, your Facebook group, which is so positive, so great. I love seeing the stuff that goes on in there. But I think it's really important to say that I find that when people on this podcast talk about how when they asked for help and they got it and it really transformed them and their business, no one is going to come and judge your business. No one's going to come and judge. Like I imagine any contractor who comes to help, who comes and asks you for help, Ishmael, you're probably like, oh man, I've been here before. Let me help you. I drop everything that I'm doing. I drop every. There was four different companies today touring the facility. We give them paid plans. We give them HR things. We give them uh, bonus plans. We give them everything that we have here for free. We just don't like people come in here, talk to our managers, to our executives, to our directors, to our to anybody from myself to anybody around me. We will do anything to help you guys, and we don't want nothing in return. We just want you. The only actually, there's one thing that I ask everybody, Jackie. If I'm going to help you, if I'm going to help you fix your business with with, whether it's a 30 minute conversation, which I just had right now with this guy named Jason, Um, I had a 30 minute conversation. He has a $2 million business and I'm trying to, you know, help him up and turn it around. I ask one thing of everybody. If I'm going to help you take my time out of my day to do it, you better go and help somebody else too. 
That's the only one thing I ask for everybody. I tell Travis, I tell Tom, I tell everybody, guys, if we're going to help people, you guys got to make the message of if I'm going to help you, you better go and help somebody else too. Because there's a ton of people out there that need help. And we all need to like in the trades, we all need to stay together to help each other. I think that's a wonderful message and a great requirement to have for anyone who's going to ask from help for you from yes. you. All right. So, by the way, uh, I totally missed that you sold. So, congratulations. You certainly, you probably do not have to work. Are you president now? Is that your title? Um, I'm, I'm still the CEO of here. I still come in here every day. I'm still addicted to this. You know, between this, uh, Nuve, which is our thermostat coming out, Data Cube, and the Service Avengers group that I mentor people on, like, I still come here every single day. On Saturdays, I'm here. I never have to work for another 150 million years. And I still do it just because I, because of what Tom did and how he impacted my life. I feel that I have to give to people. And that's what I do now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What do you think, if you could go back in time, if you had a time machine, what would you say to yourself in 2019? I should, dude, I would have said, Hey man, you need to stop drinking like way sooner than what I did. I think I, I think I was, uh, I was an alcoholic for way too long. I started drinking since I was 13. And, um, and to me it was normal because my dad let us drink and you know, it's, it's just different the way we were raised. So if I could go back, I would say, Hey, Ishmael, you need to stop drinking like ASAP. If I could go down to 2017, 16, 15, when I started the business, I would say, Hey man, you're about to go on a roller coaster of a ride that nobody's ever going to prepare you for. I like, I need you to be sober so you can focus. I think I would have been 500, maybe even a billion dollar company by now. So, but things happen for a reason. I had to meet Tom. I had to meet Ara. I had to meet you, Jackie. So, mm -hmm. you know, I believe God, I believe God put all, all of us in, in line. So I, I don't question him. I just keep going. Do you ever, I don't, I wonder if you experience it now because you do work a lot or you mentioned data cube, your thermostat company, you love doing this. Do you ever experience burnout? I think I do. So I think around December is when like every year I reset for myself. So I have uh, like, a, there's one thing that I do. I, I grind for, for, you know, 11, 11 and a half months out of the year, probably 11 and a half months out of the year. And just the last two months out of the year, uh, which is, you know, Christmas, New Year's, all the holiday season. I, you probably won't see me active on Facebook, you know, my phone, I'll probably give it to somebody for a couple of weeks, just so, just so I can go look for myself again, because I get lost a lot in this journey. And mm -hmm. I think I go hard for 11 months out of the year, 11 and a half months out of the year. And then I just, I just take two weeks, maybe three weeks sometimes. And just, you know, I look for myself and I, and I make sure that I, that I, that, that I, I, I find myself so I could go again for the next 11 months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what you tap into or, I mean, I love the no phone, the no social media, but is there anything else you, you crave to kind of do that reset? Yeah. My girls, my, my daughters, I have four daughters, uh, Andrea, Sophia, Victoria, and Camila. And um, I think that I spend a lot of time, I spend more time that I've been now that the, the transaction went through and everything. But I think the last two weeks, three weeks out of the year, I really, really like, I think I, I almost crave their energy where I just need to like be around them, whether they're annoying me because they're fighting with each other or, you know, they're fighting about a toy, they're crying, whatever it is. Like I kind of sit back sometimes and I look and I just like, I, I feel blessed. I think it's resetting through them because I don't, I owe them so much, spend so much time in the trades and, and in the businesses that I'm growing and giving back to people that the last two weeks, three weeks of the year, I make it a, a 
I make it a point to make sure that I that I invest all my energy and and that I have enough energy from them to to be able to to be able to go again for another eleven months. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's the phone, the no social media, the no noise, and then just being around them and and sometimes just you know watching a movie and what and and looking around and and seeing how blessed we are. I think that's pretty that's pretty dope, and that's what gets me through. I love that. Yeah. So you're leaning on your family. You're leaning on your faith. You're leaning on no social. You're leaning on, you know, withdrawing and all of that stuff. Yes, ma'am. As we're talking about mental health, basically in the trades is what we're talking about, right? We're talking about you as a business owner who was bottling it up all inside, was raised not to ask for help. You finally got that help. It changed, it transformed your life. Is there anything that we, anything else that you'd like to say about this topic that you think the majority of contractors really need to hear? I think because the times are changing so much right now, the next generation of contractors is getting involved, right? Like the bottling up, the not asking questions, the keeping everything tight and not telling everybody. That was the the, the old generation. They kind of kept the, their own little secrets. They didn't talk to each other. There was no social media, so there wasn't like, hey, can I ask you a question from somebody in New Jersey or Florida, right? We need to we need to adapt to those times and use social media as a platform of of gluing the trades together. If there's one thing that I can I can tell like everybody is like it's super hard to be a business owner, whether you're two million, five million, fifty, one hundred and fifty, two hundred million dollar company. We all have the same problems. We all have the same struggles personally and in business. Okay. And that's huge because most people just focus on the business side. I have the same problems at home than everybody does. I have the same problems in my business than you guys do. There's nothing different at 150 or 500 million than there is at 2 million. We all have Mm -hmm. the same problem and we all need to open up more about it. And being vulnerable is actually okay for this generation. You know what I'm saying? That was kind of like the idea behind Service Avengers was was to make sure that we all talk to each other. Yeah, just because I post something doesn't mean I'm always right. Just because I'm at a hundred million dollar company, that doesn't mean I know what I'm doing. I just posted something because it came through my thought, and I want to talk about it with my peers, right? So if I could, if I could have one message is just open up more. Like, don't. There's not a right or wrong answer. This generation is more of like, hey guys, let's question everything that has been done for thirty years, and let's innovate it instead yeah. of just being okay, just being okay the way we, the way our parents ran the business. Instead of being okay with that, let's question it. And 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 and, and maybe they were right, but some things they were doing we can do better, and that's okay. And then the next generation is the same thing. Hey, they're gonna come up with better ideas than we do. Let's open up to their ideas too. And I just pulled something from what you just said, and I don't think I realized this about you before, but you, I love the be vulnerable message, but I, you strike me as a man who does not take himself too seriously and also is not afraid to be wrong. So you're not striving for perfection. All I'm trying to do, Jackie, is, is, is put more thought into what we're doing. Like when I, when I question things, when I post something, when I ask you guys something, it's not because I'm right. It's because I'm trying to create a debate between it. Because when there's debate and there's conflict and there's interaction, there's actually progress going on, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about being right or wrong anymore. It's about, hey, let's try to figure things out and let's try to do a, let's try to do a different way. Maybe it works out better. Maybe it doesn't, but at least we try. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not, there's, uh, there's no, there, the, the one thing about me, 
I, I, this is what I tell everybody when they come and talk to me. I'm like, look, guys, I'm probably the dumbest one in the room and I'm okay with that. And when you guys talk to me, I want you, I want you guys to talk to me like if I was a golden retriever because I'm not smart at all, okay? So when you talk to me, use single syllable words, okay? Because you're going to confuse me. And I'm okay with that. I don't need to be smart. I don't need to be the, the toughest guy in the room. I just want to know that there's people in that room that are going to make me better. You are definitely a golden retriever personality type. That is <laughs> that is for sure. Very self-aware. But yeah, I mean, so sure, Tom came in in 2019. He hunkered down with you for 30, 45 days, helped you turn your business around. But I'm sure even after that was done, even to the path of a mil of 100 million, even to the path of having a successful transaction, you probably still f***ed up along the way, right? Yes. And you know what the cool part about it is? Mm. And this is probably one of the biggest golden nuggets I'm going to tell you guys in here. Even after I fixed the business, even after we, we became profitable, even after all that had happened, we turned the whole company around. Even after that, I still kept making decisions, right? Because decisions, the growth... The growth, innovation, all that happens when decisions are made. That's the only thing that happens. The, the day you stop making decisions is the day you stop growing. Mm. So when people come up to me and they say, hey, Ishmael, you know, I have my three, uh, uh, a $3 million business. I have, you know, I've been in business for five years and I can't get over $3 million. The only reason why you're stuck at one or two or three or five or 10 or whatever you're stuck at is because you stopped making decisions. I kept making decisions between 30 and 100. And yes, they were wrong. 100%. Half of those decisions were wrong. And I don't care because I knew. Guess what? I knew that if I made that decision, I would know if it was right or wrong. The reason why people get stuck is because they're too afraid to be wrong. They always want to be right. They always want to be right. And being right is only so far in between that that slows down the growth. Being wrong is okay because you move forward. Wow. Sorry, I need I need a personal pause for that one. I'm like, all right. Being wrong is okay, man. Between 30 and 100 million, I was wrong 100 million times. And it was okay because I learned and I pivoted and I went the other direction. But at least I made the decision. You guys got to start making decisions. That's the number one problem contractors have. They're, they're afraid to make decisions. That, I think, was the biggest nugget you dropped on the interview. And I'm glad you <laughs> saved it to the end. Very dramatic of you. So what are you, what, what are you working on now? Your last time we spoke, your goal was hundred million. You're going to hit it this year. You sold the business. What are you really excited about? What are you looking forward in the next couple of years? Uh, so we're part of Wrench Group now. There's 16 companies inside of Wrench Group. Uh, there's one, there's, you know, Parker and Sons, Morris Jenkins, there's Cool There's a bunch of really high level, you know, ex, uh, uh, operators in there. On the next gen side, my, my goal is to beat them, right? Because there's no way i'm taking number two on this like i've, I've said it since day one I, I joined wrench i'm like you guys better buckle up because there's no way i'm gonna be number two in this okay so right now there's a couple there's two or three other companies that are a little bit bigger than me and more profitable and all that and i told them it's just a matter of time before i catch up to you guys so my next gen goal is to be number one at wrench that's when that's my goal and i'm gonna be it so jonathan when you're hearing this and kevin and paul and all you guys i'm gonna kick your ass on the personal side, all I'm looking for is happiness. So whatever the form of happiness looks like, that's what I'm looking for. It's not about, you know, having the best car anymore or being the best at it. It's just not like I, whatever the, the next form of phase of happiness is for me, that's what I'm going to look for. I love that so much. 
And you do have some nice cards, so that's saying a lot. Uh, if, you, if you want, if you want, we can swap. I can just give you mine. Uh, I'll take yours. It's fine. Yeah. Um, all right. This is my new favorite question to end on, and I would love to hear your answer. If you had to choose a song to be the soundtrack of your life, what would it be? That is a good one, man. God, there's so many freaking, there's Spanish songs, there's English songs, there's just, I think, you know what I relate to the most? I think who I relate to the most, and it, it could be a song or an artist, I think I relate to Drake a lot, just mm. because he came out of nowhere and just blew up, and everybody was questioning everything he he was doing, and oh, he's only going to do one song, and oh, he's going to go away, and you know, eventually, he, and now he's like the biggest pop artist in the world. I kind of relate his journey to mine. Because when I was coming out and I was doing 10, 20, 30 million, 40, and everybody was questioning, oh, he's, it's, a, it's a house of cards. He's going to be out of business in a couple of years. He doesn't know what he's doing. All that to finally getting to 100, doing the transaction, doing all that, and just kind of staying quiet. Like, I kind of relate his songs and his journey and his struggles to, like, what we've done. Like, everything was a question to next year. And everything was, like, he doesn't know what he's doing at the beginning. And, you know, he's growing too fast. And, you know, he, it was all, everything was a facade to people until the transaction went through. We're doing one hundred and five million dollars now. And, you know, I'm happier than I've ever been. So now I I, I, I think we're at the same level where, you know, Drake is just chilling. He's a f-ing multi-billionaire. And I'm just in the background, just like smiling at people like, hey, man, if you guys need help, I'm here to help you, man. I'm not saying I'm better than you, but, you know, I'm, I'm willing to help. Great, great answer. Ishmael Valdez, I am so happy that you came back on. Congrats on the transaction, and I cannot wait to re-engage with you in a few years and find out that you are the number one contractor in the Wrench Group. You know you know that's going to happen. I know, I know it's going to happen. Hey, Toolbox listener, if you enjoy Toolbox for the Trades, then I would love it if you left us a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps the show grow and helps us get discovered by more contractors like you. Are you looking to build a top-tier service company? Service Titan's Contractor Playbook is a handy guide to help you get where you want to go. Authored by the industry's greatest minds, this free all-in-one playbook will help you set your company up for success. Learn how to provide excellent customer service, establish your company's culture, market to new and existing customers, and more. Just go to servicetitan.com slash getplaybook to access the free digital guide. That's servicetitan.com slash getplaybook.